I was uh, talking to Kathy right before Mass and telling her that I just came here from a birthday party. My little girl Maddie turns nine today. And so I had uh, filled up on birthday cake and ice cream. So I said, I'm riding a little bit of a sugar high right now, and I feel like I'm just on the crest of that wave, and any moment I'm going to crash and need a nap. <laughs> Kathy said, yeah, you'll probably crash like right in the middle of the homily, try not to fall asleep. And I said, well, I'm preaching, so, <laughs> so if I nod off, Ethan, it's your job to throw something at me. No, it's, uh, this, is, this is the end of the year. This is the end of the semester, and uh, I'm always ready for the end of the semester to come, you know. Um, uh, Kathy also asked, are you going to miss us over the summer? And it's, yeah, I'll miss you over the summer, but it's hard for me to say that right now because these past, like, two or three weeks, right as we get to the end of the semester, you guys stress me out. <laughs> You know, nothing that you guys are doing, but it's just the stress level among the students at the university. Like, you can feel it going up and up and up, and, like, I'm feeding off of that, I guess. So it makes me feel like I'm not even in school. Why am I stressed out about this stuff? But I feel like I have senioritis. But, no, you can. Like, I know you guys are stressed out, and, and it's something that's palpable over the past few weeks as you all try and get all your assignments done and, and study for your exams and wrap up your projects and you've got all these different things going on and it, it's a lot. I know, it's a lot. And um, I know a lot of you guys have jobs, you know, on top of this. And then like family stuff uh, sometimes that y'all have to, to contend with will crop up. And so just like the ordinary amount of stress level that you guys are dealing with at the end of the semester going into exam week is, is pretty high. Um, you know, and then... I don't know, a, a dorm room catches fire and you end up, you know, locked outside of your dorm in the middle of the night. Thankfully, everybody was okay, you know, and no one was hurt. Um, but it, it could have been a lot worse, you know. I mean, it was just a few days ago, earlier in the week, not far from here, just three hours down the road in Charlotte, two students lost their lives in a shooting. And sadly, that's not the first time you guys have you know, turned on the TV to, to hear that news, you know, or probably got it on your phone before anything else. Um, but it, this one's closer to home. This one's closer to home. I know a lot of you guys know students at UNC Charlotte, know people that were connected with some of the students that were involved. And so, you know, that, you know, is stress you don't need, you know. And it's not just the senseless, you know, violent shootings that happen in our universities and in our schools that come up all too often. But three weeks ago, Easter Sunday, you know, you had the horrible attacks, the massacre and in the churches in Sri Lanka as people were gathered to worship the risen Lord and had their lives, you know, ended. Um, and since that time, I don't know if it's gotten as much news media uh, time, but since that time there have been attacks um, in Jewish synagogues and in Islamic mosques. Um, there was a report that I just read that came out of Great Britain that says religious persecution is, is rising and is at a, uh, an all-time high in terms of modern times. Uh, I believe the report said one in three people globally, one in three people, suffer from some form of religious persecution. And the group that was most severely persecuted is Christians. 
Um, I think sitting here in the safety, relative safety of Jackson County, you know, our little mountain town, um, it's easy for us to take for granted the fact that we get to come here and worship God uh, in relative safety. But Christians are the most persecuted uh, religious group globally, and it only seems to be on the rise. You know, and so these things add to our stress level, and we look at the world around us, and we're like, what is going on in the world? Oh yeah, and the planet's warming up, and the environment's being ruined, so we should really probably do something about that at some point, shouldn't we? Um, but it's hard to get anything done because our country is so politically divided and people seem to just hate each other and not want to listen to each other and there's just so much going on and I don't know, it's so stressful and you guys bring this to me. Like you bring this to me and you're like, what's going on Deacon? Like help me see why, what's wrong with people? You know, sin. Yeah, it's called sin. It's called evil. Evil is a real thing. But to a Christian, none of this should really come as a surprise because this is nothing new. This has been the story of the world we live in since Adam and Eve. You know, we haven't lived in paradise since then, right? Since then, we've lived in a fallen world and a broken world. And that broken world is kind of beautiful. I'm not being dismissive of the evil, I'm not being dismissive of the sin, but the broken world is kind of beautiful because in our brokenness, God looks at us and he has compassion. That word compassion means to suffer with. And when we suffer in this world, it allows God to love us even more tenderly than he would if everything was perfect. You know what, does that make sense, right? Even though we're broken, even though we're not perfect, even though we sin, God looks at us with compassion and he loves us. He looks at us and he loves us. And that's why even in the beginning, from that very first moment of original sin, when we lost paradise, you know, because of, because of wickedness, because of selfishness, because of our lack of trust in God, we lost paradise. But from that moment, God promised a savior. 2,000 years ago, in the world that the apostles lived in, you know, it was no different than our time. People did evil things to one another. The apostles lived in a little small, impoverished country that was overrun by an invading, you know, empire. There was political unrest. There was religious unrest. There were sick people around them. There were people you know, causing rebellions and murdering people and all that was going on, you know, just like it is today. But I want you to imagine yourself as Peter or one of the apostles. And you found the one, you know, you found the one, you found this guy. There's a lot of people saying that they're the Messiah, but this one, this one seems like, man, can I hope that he's really the one? And you give up every Thing you have. You leave your profession behind, you leave your livelihood behind, and you follow him for three years. And you're like, yeah, this is it. He's the one. He's got to be the one. And then things start getting weird. You know, he throws himself out there. He goes into Jerusalem when he knows it's dangerous, and wouldn't you know it, he gets arrested. He gets arrested, 
He gets tried. It's a mock trial. It's an injustice, right? And they execute him. They put him to death. And while he's hanging there on the cross, while they're doing that, you give up. You abandon him. You leave. You don't just leave, but you deny even knowing him. Not once, but three times. I don't know him. I'm not one of his people. It's like all your hope is lost. Right? Talk about stress. Forget about exam week. (laughs) Put yourself in that position. Put yourself in that position. But then somebody tells you, right? Some of the women that you're with, they come and they say, the tomb is empty, but we've seen the risen Lord. You've seen who now? You've seen what? Because I saw him too. I saw him hanging from that cross. You know, he's not exactly breaking down any stone doors and leaving any tombs. You've seen who? We've seen the Lord. And then you see him. He appears in the middle of you while you're gathered. And all of a sudden, it's like your heart is like, can I hope again? Can I hope? Is this real? Like, pinch, pinch me, right? And this is why he says, you know, well, feel my hands, feel my side, look at me, it is I, right? And then he's gone. Wait a minute. Did that just happen? Did this just happen? He's there, now he's not there? What? We watched the movie Risen recently, and I love it in that scene in Risen because he's there in the middle of them, and they're celebrating, and they're so happy, and then they look around, and Jesus is gone. And everybody looks at Peter, and Peter just basically shrugs, and he's like, I don't know any more than you guys. Why are you looking at me? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Imagine that anxiety levels. I don't know what's going on. So what do they do? He goes back to Galilee. He goes back to where he's from goes back to where it all began. And he goes fishing. Right? This was his livelihood. This was his job. This is his profession. It's like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. This is all just getting to be too much. But there's one thing I know how to do. I know how to fish. I'm going to go fish. At least we can eat. You fish all night long. And you don't catch anything. This is the one thing that you are supposed to be good at. You fish all night long and you don't catch a thing. You cast your net over that boat time and again and again and again until your arms feel like they're going to fall off because you're so tired of casting that net and you don't catch anything. And then that sun starts creeping up over the horizon and you realize we're not, we're done. We're done for the night. This is it. I can't even fish right anymore. That's frustration. And then you look on the shore and you see him there. There he is, looking at you. And he looks in your eyes and he sees all that fear and all that frustration and all that stress and all that anxiety. And you look in his eyes and you see calm. And you see peace. And you remember another time when you were in that boat on that same sea and the storms were just rolling all around you, and the waves were coming up, and you felt like you were going to be tipped out of that boat, like you had no control. And he was there too, and he calmed the seas. And you're hoping, can he calm these seas? Can he calm the storm that's in my heart right now? What's he going to say to you? He looks at you and he opens his mouth and he says, come have breakfast. Come have breakfast. So you sit and you have breakfast with Jesus. 
That must have been a good breakfast. <laughs> Don't you think? That must have been a good, I bet that was the best fish. That must have been some good fish. Just come have breakfast. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. It's all right. You know? Just come sit with me. So you sit and you have time with Jesus. Because that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Just be with me. You don't need to worry about that other stuff, right? In Revelation, in John's Revelation, the second reading, we get this beautiful vision of heaven. Countless number, right? Countless living creatures and angels and elders. Countless number. And they're gathered around a throne. They're gathered around a throne. And who's on the throne? It's Jesus. He's on the throne. He is the lamb. And they're saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And they bow down and they worship him. Blessing and honor, glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Right? There's nobody on that throne but Jesus. There's no politician on that throne. There's no celebrity on that throne. There's no you know, CEO, corporate executive on that throne. There's no military general on that throne. It's just Jesus on the throne. He is the one in control and everything in heaven and on earth and under the earth is subject to him, is subject to the lamb. He's got it all. He's got it. So just sit and have breakfast. Spend time with him, right? He looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He's looking at you and he's saying, do you love me? Say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Feed my sheep. It's all right. It's all right. You don't have to fix all these problems. You don't have to fix the world. You don't have to save everybody. I've done that. I've done that. I'm the one that sits on the throne. All you've got to do is feed my sheep. Take care of those people that I give to you. Right? Do this. Do this. Have breakfast with me. Spend time with me. And I'll take care of these little ones that I'm giving to you. All of you have sheep that Jesus wants you to feed. All of you have responsibilities in your life that Jesus wants you to tend to. Right now, you're college students. You're getting ready to go into exam week. Your responsibility is to study. Study and do well. Okay? You can do that. You can study and do well. And then take care of your friends. Take care of your family. Just be with each other. Be with Jesus. Be with each other. Tend his sheep. You don't have to solve the problems of the world because you're not the Savior. Jesus is. He's got this. He's in charge. He's on the throne. Right? You guys, I know you're concerned about all of these things, and there's, I've, I've shared this with some of you, there's such a thing as your sphere of concern, right? All the things that weigh heavy on you, all the things that give you anxiety, world hunger and, you know, the environment and, you know, questions of justice and, you know, all of these things. How can we fix these problems, right? It's a big, it's a big group of things that fits into that sphere of concern. There's a smaller sphere, it's called your sphere of influence, and this is, what can I actually do? What changes can I affect? Right? Where can I have an impact? And that's going to be a smaller sphere because that's going to be your friends, that's going to be your family, that's going to be the people that are around you. Okay? If we spend all of our time and all of our energy just giving into that anxiety over these big things that might be in our sphere of concern, we're going to feel helpless, we're going to feel lost, we're going to feel tossed around on that sea. Right? 
We've got to give all of that to Christ. Give all of that to Jesus. He's the one that's in charge. And do what he tells us to do. Right? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Take care of these little ones that I'm giving to you. Take care of these people. Focus on these things that I've placed in your sphere of influence because that's where I need you right now. That's what I need you to do. Do your little bit. That's it. Oh, and love me. And love me. Love me and do that. Love me and just do these little things and be okay with that. Right? I know that you're, you've got exams coming up and some of you are graduating and um, going on to bigger and better things. And you don't know what you're going to do in your life. You don't know what the future is going to hold in store for you. And that's, that's got its own kind of stress and anxiety around it too. Right? It's all right. Jesus has got you. He's there. Spend time with him. Be with him. Love him. Do what he asks you to do. You'll be all right. He is the lamb. He is sitting on the throne. Everything is subject to him. Even these things that concern us. All we have to do is love him and be faithful. Always pray, thy will be done, Lord. Even if, like St. Peter, he leads us at times where we don't want to go. He tells Peter, follow me, which we all know we're supposed to follow Jesus. But he was very honest with Peter what this would entail. He said, you will be led where you do not want to go. Peter followed Christ all the way to the cross. He died on a crucifix, just like Jesus did. He was crucified in Rome as a martyr years later. He had the courage and the strength to do that because he loved Christ. Because he loved Christ. Christ may lead you at times where you do not want to go, but he will always lead you where you need to go. He will always lead you to peace and to joy. And if you stay faithful to him, he will lead you to eternal life. Amen.